There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Opinion Live with PJ Coogan on Quartz 96 FM. 1850-715-996 is the number. The text to WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. Well, we have to talk about it and we will talk about it. The latest news, the latest bad news when it comes to COVID-19. From Christmas Eve until the 12th of January 2021, the government has agreed to return to level five of the plan for living with COVID. That is to come in a while. And on the morning, when you look out at that atrocious weather and spot flooding all over the place, you kind of think, lads, it's Christmas week. Is there any way to make us smile? Well, indeed, there is, because I have in front of me, to kick us off this morning, I have in front of me a LinkedIn post from Albert Bourla, who is the chairman and chief executive of Pfizer. It refers to a letter. He says, letters like these from children brimming with compassion and hope remind us of why the work we do every day is so important. Dear Pfizer, says the letter, I heard you made a new vaccine for coronavirus. Good job. Can you please send some to the North Pole for Santa and his elves? Please, we want to save Christmas and make all the kids happy. And dear Santa, here's what my letter to you says. All I want for Christmas is for enough COVID vaccines for everyone please. That was for a little boy called Callum and his mum is Paula. Morning Paula. Hi, how are you? I'm, you should be so proud of this lad. Yeah, yeah. How did this come about? The chief executive of Pfizer is talking about your son on his LinkedIn. What happened? So, um, basically one morning we were going to school and, uh, they mentioned that Pfizer had came up with a vaccine on the radio. So um, we were. I was telling Callum about it because I was telling him this is a good thing, you know, because as lots of kids are probably asking this past year, when will the virus be gone? When will things go back to normal? So um, it was Callum then that came up with the idea, I know they could give the vaccine to Santa. Yeah. And I said, yeah, maybe. And uh, then he said, I know we could write to them. So I did explain to Callum that, you know, the company, Pfizer's, are a huge company and they're really really busy at the moment um, because obviously they're coming up with this vaccine. So um, when he finished school that day, he said, uh, will we write my letter now? So I said, yeah, OK. But, um, 
So he sat down. I, I thought it, it was a good way for to practice his handwriting anyway, you know. Yeah. So um, he sent off the letter and, like, I did tell him not to be too hopeful that they would reply. So, uh, but they'd probably look after Santa anyway. <laughs> so they, um, yeah, a few weeks later, uh, a big package came in the post for Callum with a letter, a lovely letter from Pfizer. Right. And uh, a little art pack that they said in, that they sent in thanks. Oh, brilliant! Him. Yeah. How old is he? Oh. He's six and a half. Six and a half, and he has lovely handwriting for a six and a half year old. Yeah. And, and, well, and for, for that letter took a long time to read. Yeah, and for the boss, the big boss of Pfizer's, to publish. Your son's letter on his LinkedIn page, like that's that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, we, I was very surprised at that. Yeah, we weren't expecting that. Yeah. And the, you said that when when did the package come? Um, I, I'd say the start of December. Right. Right. And then about a week later, we received a, a letter from New York saying that uh, yeah, the CEO wanted to respond to Callum on social media. Wow. Yeah, because, do you know, a lot of parents have been talking to me this Christmas about, about the kindness of their children, and it has, in these difficult times, it's blown us away just how kind and caring and considerate children can be. But it always must always remember, they're a credit to their parents. That's That's where they learn this kindness from. Yeah, well, Callum is very, that's in his nature. He's very kind and happy child. He's very outgoing and, you know, he he is always, even his teachers at school say that, you know, he's uh, always thinking of others. He wants everyone to be happy and... Yeah, wonderful, curious little mind on him too when he's so interested in in vaccines and science and things like that. Well, Well... he is definitely interested in science and experiments and stuff, so he, he'd understand that, you know, I would have explained, that's what they do at Pfizer. Is that's he, is he there, Paula? He is. Can I talk to him for a second? Yeah, yeah. Callum, are you going to talk? Hello. Hey, Callum, how are you, buddy? Good. Tell me about writing your letter to Pfizer. That was brilliant. You did really well. I wrote it to get Santa the vaccine. Yes, you did. You did, and and Santa got the vaccine. You know that that's one of the reasons that he can go on Christmas Eve to everyone is that he got his vaccine. They went straight to the North Pole with a special box of vaccine for Santa and all the elves. You know that, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's down to you because you told them to do it. You asked them to do it. And they did it because of you, so you should be so proud, young man. Well done. And happy Christmas. I hope Santa's really good to you tomorrow night. Thank you. You take care of yourself. Put me back on to your mum. Hello. He's an absolute superstar. He's yeah. brilliant. Paula, congratulations on having such a wonderful young boy and, and a happy, happy Christmas to you and the whole family. And these are tough, tough times, but it's lovely stories like this that are getting us through one day at a time. Thanks very much. Yeah, very, and a happy Christmas to you too. And a happy Christmas to you and yours. That's Paula, uh, Cam's mum. Let's read it again. He said, uh, I heard you made a new vaccine for coronavirus. 
good job. Can you please send some to the North Pole for Santa and the elves? Please, we want to save Christmas and make all of the kids happy. And on his LinkedIn page, Albert Burla is the man's name. He is the chairman and chief executive of Pfizer. And he said, letters like these from children brimming with compassion and hope remind us of why the work we do every day is so important. Pfizer's purpose, breakthroughs that change patients' lives, is more urgent than ever. This holiday season, I'm reflecting on the tremendous good that our work brings to the world, not only regarding COVID-19, but across a lot of our therapeutic areas. To Finn and Callum, because there was another little boy called Finn, who sent these letters, you were kind, compassionate and thoughtful young boys, and I want you to know we're doing everything we can to bring hope to people around the world, and we will make sure to take care of Santa and the elves too. Lovely story. Lovely way to kick off the opinion line this morning on Cox 96 FM because it was a bleak old day yesterday. The weather was bleak and the news was bleak. And we were just about breaking it to you before we went off the air yesterday. And the rest of the day brought confirmation of what we knew was coming. And the Christmas we thought we could have, it would have been restricted anyway. But it's even more restricted now. I'm going to talk about that Next, 1857-15996. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. All your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96FM. With your local mace, counting down to Christmas and serving you for 60 years and counting. Cork's 96FM. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850 715 On Cork's 96FM. So, as we were leaving you yesterday around 4 or 5 minutes to 12, we got some information as to what would be announced by the Taoiseach at 1 o'clock, and he took to his feet in government buildings at around five or six minutes past one. From Christmas Eve until the 12th of January 2021, the government has agreed to return to level five of the plan for living with COVID with a number of specific adjustments. Non-essential retail may remain open. However, the retail sector will be requested to defer January sales events. Gyms, leisure centres and swimming pools may remain open for individual training only. Hotels may only open for essential non-social and non-tourist purposes, except for guests who already have a booking and are due to check in up to and including St Stephen's Day. Schools, early learning and childcare services will remain open. Higher, further and adult education should remain primarily online. Non-contact training in pods of up to 15 may take place outdoors. No matches events should take place except for professional and elite sports and horse racing and greyhound racing behind closed doors. The following transitional arrangements will also apply in respect of the Christmas period. Restaurants and pubs operating as restaurants will close from 3pm on the 24th of December. Hotels may provide food and bar services to guests only after that point. With regard to social and family gatherings, the current provisions 
that is, visits from up to two other households, will remain in place up to and including the 26th of December. Visits to private homes, gardens will be allowed from one other household up to and including the 31st of December. In both cases, for those who are part of a support bubble, the bubble counts as one household. From the 1st of January onwards, no visitors are permitted in private homes, gardens, except for essential family reasons, such as providing care to children, elderly or vulnerable people, or as part of a support bubble. Travel outside your county will continue to be permitted up to and including the 26th of December inclusive. People away from their place of residence after that period will be permitted to return to their place of residence. Christmas religious services may take place, however religious services will return online after the 25th of December when places of worship may remain open for private prayer. I know that these restrictions will pose huge challenges for some sectors of the economy, but I want to reassure them that extra financial supports will be provided. Dr. Jack Lambert, good morning. Good morning. Jack, this is nowhere like where we want it to be, but I think you feel it could have been avoided. Well, well, the situation is, is that we've gone up into lockdown repeatedly and we didn't fix the problem that led to the lockdown. So, so, so I think that that really is the ongoing issue. Um, you know, the whole messaging of face masks, you know, hand washing, distancing, getting things right in the community. We've never really got it right in the community from the from the very from the very first lockdown. Um, so, so, so I think lockdown is a consequence of a failed plan to live with COVID. Now. On the other side of the coin is that this 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 is truly the biggest challenge we're going to face. Um, you know, this is the peak time for coronavirus to circulate. You know, we, we saw coronavirus last year in March and April. Um, we're catching it now in December. And if you look at the rest of the world, uh, you know, countries that have, much, have done a much better job in you know planning for COVID, Germany, South Korea, they're seeing an upsurge. So I think red flag. Yes, this is a hugely contagious virus. Um, and and we, we do need to enhance our measures to control the virus because the current measures are not doing the job. The numbers are on the increase, you know. So 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 I do agree. We need to do more than we're currently doing. Otherwise, we we are going to take the risk of of having another surge. But what more having, could we do? I mean, personally, in terms of all those around me that I know. And I bored them to tears with it. Wash the hands, wear the mask, keep the space, you know, only be in contact with who you have to be, keep your contacts to a minimum. What more could we as individuals be doing, Jack? Yeah, that, that really is a challenge. I, I, I think if, if you look at, you know, this is a very contagious, very unforgiving virus. And, and you ha- everybody has to do it right. And that's the trouble. And I would say 80% of people are doing it right and and the 20 percent that are not doing it we're all suffering from that so you know you know for example i mean i go to city center and i went to pick up you know uh, books from my son and and everybody's wearing a mask now but people just kind of wander in and out nobody's hand washing you know i mean there's there's you know i, I walk around and you, you see you know people in, in in cars you know like people you know uh, for example you know ambulance crews sitting in a cab closed cab two of them together uh you know not wearing masks 
I mean, this just happened the other day. Now, we have a law that you have to wear a mask if you go into a taxi, but um, ambulance crews don't have to if they're sitting in a cab together without a mask, you know, mm. feet away from each other. So I just think, you know, we, we it's a very infectious virus. We, we, we've, we've done it to the... We're doing it a lot better than we did you know, back in September and October, you know, the hospitality sector and this and that, we're doing it better in the city centre. But, uh, and flu has decreased, all the respiratory viruses have decreased this year because of the behaviours, the improved behaviours in terms of masks and hygiene and distancing. But COVID is still still there. It's mm. a very infectious, unforgiving virus. Um, so, so it's going to be a challenge, yeah. but it's going to be a challenge for the next six, 12 months because we talk about a vaccine, but the vaccine's not going to come in December, January. 5,000 doses of vaccine is not going to vaccinate 5 million people. No, no. In terms of infectiousness, uh, and that is, of course, your, your primary of expertise in infectious disease, I talked the other day to Professor Anthony Staines, and I spoke to, we've been hearing from a number of, of experts with regard to this new strain, this new mutant, call it what, what, what it is, yeah. or whatever it might be, that may or may not already be here. How afraid of this do we need to be, Jack? Because we're told it's not going to make people any sicker, but it'll get to a lot more people faster. And that's, that's, probably, that's probably the thinking. It's not more lethal, it's just more contagious. So, so, so that just means we have to do an even better job. Like, like I said, it's the... Have you any, se- any understanding in simple layman's terms how that can happen? How, how could that happen? Viruses mutate. Very simply, every virus mutates, okay? Flu mutates every year. This virus is mutating, and and like I said, it's changing its, what you call, its its attractiveness to the human body. So it's more, it, it clings, it, it's probably more contagious than it was before, just from a few mutations. Um, so, so viruses can mutate, they become more, more contagious, less contagious. They can mutate, they become more lethal, less lethal. This happens all the time with viruses, but it's a heads up that, that this, this new strain, I'm not scared of this new strain um, because the same prevention, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a normal virus or a mutant virus, the mass is still going to work if you do it 100% right. But if you do it wrong, like, for example, putting your mask on, taking it off, not washing your hands in between, touching a surface, you know, contacting COVID, you know, there, there's, you, you, we just need to do it right. We're making mistakes in the hospital. If you look at the, the last two weeks, about 11% of cases are healthcare workers. Mm. So, you know, we're doing it better, I think, than, than the people in the community, and we're still making mistakes. Um, so I think it's a very infectious virus. We just need to train people, train people, train people to do the right thing. And no scaremongering about this mutant virus. I just think it's uh, it's it's normal for these viruses to, to, to mutate. Yeah. We just need to do an even better job of COVID prevention. Look, looking back at the summer and looking back particularly to late June, early July, when in terms of daily numbers, we felt... I think we could have felt we had it licked. Uh, I've come to the, and this is a personal opinion based on my own work, Jack, I've come to the opinion that we opened up too fast in the summertime. Did we? I, I, I don't really think so. I think it was safe. It was, it was it, okay, the deal is, is that that was the time, I think, between May and September where we could have, most of the world allowed international travel safely, most of the world, but but if you travelled internationally, when you went to hotels, 
everything was done correctly. People were socially distancing. People were wearing masks. All the right things were done. Over the summer, what I think happened, and, and we said, do staycations. Um, and then people just went on holiday and they didn't do all the right things in, in terms of COVID prevention. People yeah. didn't wear masks. People didn't socially distance. People were, you know, congregating together, spreading the virus from the epicenters, which were Dublin at that time, to all of the different counties of Ireland. So I think the problem was is you can't stay in lockdown forever. Yeah. You just have to actually do the right thing. And I don't think we did the right thing over the summer. I didn't. We, we, we didn't get the message out um, and that was a governmental and an HSE responsibility to tell the Irish population what to do. We were so late. We didn't mandate masks in public transportation till August 11th. Yeah. You know, we knew this back in March and April. Yes, we, we, we made a lot of mistakes. And moving forward, we need to actually make make right decisions and educate the public moving forward for the next six to 12 months how to live with COVID. I just want to get your view on something that Tornish has said, Jack, and this is only uh, 30 seconds. This was Leo Varadkar commenting at a, brief, at a briefing yesterday where he was asked uh, how long this particular phase might last. It's difficult to speculate about the timeline, but I think it'll probably be towards the end of February or early March before a critical mass of the population is vaccinated. And I think we need to operate on the basis that these restrictions may well be in place uh, until then. Although we will review the situation on the 12th of January, recognising that this uh, pandemic can change and change rapidly. But I think we should all operate on the basis of society that these restrictions will be in place for the first two months of next year. Your thoughts, Jack? Well, you know, I, I think politicians should have expert opinion on, for example, we're talking about vaccines now. You know, six months ago, uh, you know, it, was, it was communicated from the Department of Health that we'll stay in lockdown for 18 months till they mass produce COVID vaccines. These are the kind of communications that are not helpful based on a lack of, of, of scientific input from the people on top that are making comments like that. I think if, if actually somebody sat down with, with, with Leo and kind of said, look at the plan, the roadmap for rolling out a vaccine for 4 million people to the Irish population, two doses of that vaccine, and we're going to have a delivery of, of you know, 10,000 coming in the next two to four weeks. That is a tiny amount of vaccine, and we're not going to have herd immunity by March. We're probably not going to have herd immunity by June. And if, if we're talking about staying in lockdown till we mass vaccinate, you know, the Irish population, we'll be staying in lockdown for a very long, long, long time. I think we actually have to have a think about, you know, the government needs, somebody needs to stand up and say, this is the roadmap for vaccination. This is the timeline. These are all the steps and the people we're going to need to train to get the vaccine rolled out. It's a very complicated situation. It's going to be a huge challenge. And then we also have to have a plan for what we're going to do in the interim besides lockdown to safely live with COVID until we get 70% of the Irish population vaccinated with, with two doses of a COVID vaccine. Huge what, challenge. What, what would you do? What would you advise? Well, I, th- I think, I, I think you see, that there's, there's, I, I've taken a look at the vaccine you know, document, the strategy and stuff, and it's not clear to me who's in charge. We need one spokesperson. I think a, a clinician with vaccine expertise, you know, for example, from NIAC, the National Vaccine Group, leading the vaccine effort. We get people after people, politicians, Department of Health, HSE, 25 different people standing up um, talking about this, this and that. We need to get a really clear message 
from somebody who has, has has so i think we really need to have one spokesperson for the vaccine effort moving forward and 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 the, all of the government reportable to that one person you know there's just too many there's too many people involved in this there's been too many people involved in every asp- aspect of of covid from you know testing tracing all this kind of stuff but we've not actually implemented in a timely fashion so i think we need clear leadership one spokesperson for the vaccine moving forward um and 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 a detailed plan of of a timeline of how we're going to roll out these vaccines and what we do in the meantime um to save the irish you know to live safely with covid um because lockdown is i agree right now is is we have to kind of do that because the numbers are surging but we, we can't stay in lockdown for the next year Jack, on many occasions uh, since the start of this pandemic, you have, with with your calm and collected and, and honest opinions, you have enhanced my listeners' knowledge and understanding of this crisis. And as we come towards Christmas, I thank you for your contribution to the opinion line throughout this pandemic. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks, Dr. Jack Lambert, and happy Christmas to you. 1850-715-996. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96FM. With your local mace, serving local communities for 60 Christmases and counting. Cork's 96FM. For 20 minutes of the best music mix And everything Cork On Cork's 96FM I'll play Cork's best music mix I'll bring you our daily Facebook question And I'll also bring you the stars Robert De Niro on Lockdown It's interesting, it's interesting It's kind of like a a science fiction movie But it's real Kyle Horan on Lewis Capaldi First time in America, I just thought he was a lunatic And Harry Styles on Harry Styles So I love being in studio now kind of writing and working stuff out with everyone. I love that. I've always loved performing. I still very much do. Online, on your smart speaker, on the Quartz 96 FM app and on FM. Ken Tobin. Weekdays from midday. With the Everyman Christmas shows for all the family. Videos streamed from the stage straight to your home. See everymancork.com. Quartz 96 FM. This is Quartz Gold. Imro award-winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Quartz 96 FM. Yesterday on my own Twitter, I tweeted that I'm bitterly disappointed with the COVID-19 developments. It's going to be a terrible end to an awful year. But anyone who replies to this tweet by claiming there's an alternative will be asked to show me what it is, its scientific viability and how it will work. I haven't had uh, such a response yet uh, to that. A couple of questions coming in. I'm wondering how you feel. Are you just totally fed up at this stage? Or will you give it a go for the greater good? Because we're not going to have much choice but to give it a go for the greater good. But I think fed up is, is a fair analysis. Certainly how I feel. I feel totally fed up with this whole thing at this stage. I have a mass booked for half four tomorrow, says this call. I see the restrictions starting at 3.30. Does that mean mass can't go ahead? No, caller, is the answer. Um, Mass may continue until the end of Christmas Day. Uh, Then it has to go online. All religious services have to go online after the end of Christmas Day. But I think masses can continue tomorrow. That's my understanding. 
of, of the restrictions. Masses may continue up to the end of Christmas Day. Uh, Kate thinks the closure of the restaurants will mean a huge surge in house parties over the Christmas period. And many people would agree with you, Kate. There will be a huge surge in house parties, regardless of restrictions. And remember, after Stephen's Day, you can only have a member of one other family or members of one other family to your home. And then after the 1st of January, none. No house visits. Uh, that's how it's going to plan out. Let us talk to John O'Donoghue. John, good morning to you. Good morning. John, you're a taxi driver and you say that you're very busy with requests to take people to and from house parties. Yeah. Yeah, I have... What, well, what I have is I have taxis and I have a few minibuses as well. Normally, this time of the year, I would be doing office parties, doing, you know, loads of... taking groups of women for shopping trips and whatever, but this year, it seems to be just every night of the week. I'm on call as well then, 24-7, so I have to leave my phone on. Yeah. But every night I'm getting calls from house parties. Mm. Every single night people want trying to get home. And I think a lot of it is a lack of clarity. I think when we came out of, of the level five lockdown, people thought it was all over. And you know the atti- I, I can see a huge change of attitude since then. In in what way, John? In that they think they, when we went went into we'll say level five, and then came out of it, people just thought it was all over. Yeah. And it, as I said, then every night of the week I'm getting calls for um, parties. Yeah. And I- it it's, it seems to be a lack of clarity. People just. You know, if you if in my industry we'd say transportation, there are if on the Department of T shirts advice lines and that, um there are there are only two lines for transportation and one uh, of what we can do. One is for essential purposes only essential journeys only. Yeah. And the second one is carrying essential personnel. But yeah. other than that, there's nothing. It's our interpretation of what, what's essential. Like, are, are you not, strictly speaking, are you not supposed to take someone to or from a house party? Oh, no, I, I, it's not an essential journey. Right. We don't do it. We don't, we don't actually do but it. But there's no regulation there, is there? I don't think so, no. Yeah. It's, it's interpretation of what is. So have you, know, you, have you refused people? Oh, yes. Every night of the week. And I had a girl on to me the other night saying, yeah, if I walk home now and I get attacked, uh, she said, can I ring you? Is that an essential journey then? Yeah. You know, which is tough. Yeah. It's, it's it's horrible for them. But I th- it's just a lack of clarity on what people can do and can't do, I think, is the problem. Some people are saying, and I've had a couple of messages so far this morning, that closing the pubs, uh, the gastro pubs, tomorrow at 3 o'clock is a mistake because that'll just lead to more house parties. Do you agree with that? Um, not really. Um, I think uh, I I know I'm in this industry, we'll say, for 25 years. Um, the, before, people's attitude, or people's social habits have changed totally in the last 10 years. Young people don't go to a pub anymore. Yeah. Um, and if I'm collecting to take people to a nightclub or whatever, 
it's um, usually from a house. 99, 95% of it a few years ago would have been from a pub. Yeah. Now, it may, it may, it might be different. It's different in the city. We'll say, well, you have students and where you have everything. They will still go out. But the majority of people outside the cities, they don't go to the pub anymore. Yeah. You know, so I don't think closing up, you know, that the pub has a huge influence on it uh, yeah. because the people going there are an older age group anyway. Yeah. What, what age group are you predominantly getting these calls from? From 20 to maybe 35. Right. That would be the most, an awful lot. And um, we'll say another maybe 25, 30% of the people would be then, would be non-nationals as well. Right. Yeah. Would, you know. And and when you... And you say you have refused someone, you say, no, that's a house party and that's not an essential journey. What's the attitude you get in return? Um, A lot of the time it's disbelief. A lot of the time they're drunk and they get abusive. Yeah. You know, it's... um, And you can hear, you, you know that there's a big crowd at this because you can hear the noise in the background that... Um, and people, you know, they, they, they just don't seem to understand. And that's what I'm saying, that, 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 that there's a lack of clarity, you know, that it nearly has to be drummed into people mm. what they can and can't do. How do you think, because since, since this started in, in March and since the very first lockdown on the 23rd or 24th of March, um, there's always been, as Jack Lambert refers to them, that 20%. How do you drum that into the people who simply can't, won't, or don't want to listen? I, um, I don't know. It's I, above our pay grade, is what you're saying. It, it, it's not. It's, 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 um, it has to affect them, I would imagine. Close yeah. relative or somebody has to, before they actually get the message. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's unfortunate. You, they don't believe it till they see it in front of them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, look. Will you be Will you be working as a, essentially over the Christmas? You will. Oh yes, I do. I do the um, local link, which is the rural transport, bringing people from villages into town for their shopping and stuff like that. Yeah. So that'll still go ahead. Okay. All right. Uh, we do that, but um, I won't be doing. We'd say Thorman Park for the rugby. I won't be going to the races in Leopardstown. I won't be. Yeah. Doing you know I. Would even even this week, I've I've been getting phone calls from people to go to Killarney for staff outing, you know, Christmas parties and stuff. They just it just doesn't seem to sink in. No, it doesn't, does it? John, thank you very much. Good luck and stay safe, and thank you for your openness. That's John O'Donoghue. He's a taxi driver in in North Cork. He has refused people picking them up from house parties, um, and he gets abused for it. Which suppose when you're Pissed at three o'clock in the morning. That's one of the first things you're going to do. John on Twitter, two lockdowns, now going into a third. I keep saying lockdowns don't work. The virus won't disappear. It'll still be there after coming out of lockdown. To which I would say to you, John, what is your alternative? At this point in time, at the numbers we now have, at the increase we now have, at the surge we now have, what is the alternative to doing what we now have to do? If you've got it, I'm delighted to listen. But every every expert says there isn't one because this is the situation. 
in which we find ourselves. Ava says, feeling completely fed up, but look, just get the head down and get on with it. Kevin says, the government have no interest in eliminating the virus, just managing it for 2021. Schools are back on January 4th. I think I heard a hint of doubt in Tony Holohan's voice the other evening when he was asked about schools. Just a hint of doubt. They, they are determined to bring them all back on the 4th of January. Whether parents decide to keep their youngsters out as a matter for them, I suppose. They're determined to bring them back on the 4th of January. Could there be a change between this and that? I ain't not going to make any predictions. But they are so determined. So determined. 1850-715-996. Hi PJ, can someone explain why gyms can stay open when there would be sweat droplets everywhere? If people want to get fit, there's plenty of roads and parks around. Doesn't make sense to me, says John in Cantork. It's a strange one, John. It certainly is. And I guess if you're, you don't have to go to a gym... You know, you don't have to go to the gym. If it's open and you want to go, go and go safely. But you're right, go to the park if you must. Although, in that, this morning, although it's drying up a little bit. Uh, Collar is a frontline worker in a hospital. And I was listening to Professor Lambert talking about everyone playing their part. There's a huge amount of she-beans out there. It's not just because the pubs are closed. It's because people are off work, the drink driving, etc. Those of us who are hearing this are perplexed. A member of our ancillary staff came into work with COVID, knowing that close members of her family were infected. There's a woman who's been on media for helping frontline workers, and we know she's attending Shebeens. We just don't know what to do. We see the damage COVID-19 causes to patients. We see the damage lockdown causes to mental health. People are blaming the government and criticising the government, but we'd be in a much better place if it was not for that 20% that Dr Lambert talked about. I could go on, people attending Shebeens, getting COVID, and then driving up to Dublin to collect friends because they're not particularly sick. That's from a frontline worker, and thank you for your service. 1850-715-996. All right, we need to lighten it up again. I sat down last Sunday and I watched with my son the first Christmas movie of our season. Well, I'll tell you what it was. I'll, I'll wait. What can, can you imagine what the first Christmas movie I would want to watch with my son was? for the Christmas season. Lots of people guessing, was it Home Alone that I sat down and watched with my boy on Sunday? No, it wasn't. It wasn't Home Alone. Denise Curtin is the Stellar Magazine digital editor. Denise, good morning to you. Good morning, how are you? Good, I'm not going to ask you to guess. I, I have a list in front of me of the top 20 greatest Christmas movies. It's in there, um, but, but what, what, what do you think make a successful Christmas movie? Is it just one set at Christmas or does it have to be focused on the Christmas message? I think there's a couple of elements, certainly. I think, obviously, good music. You know, you need some some feel-good music. You need a, a couple of Christmas tunes in there. You need things that you can kind of almost sway along to at home, you know? Then, yeah. um, obviously, like a story about love. You always want to have love triumphing in, in, any, in any aspect, be it between friends, family, loved ones I think the story of love is so important then like you were saying a Christmas setting you know it's not necessary all the time but I do think it's lovely be it you know snow-capped mountains or people wrapped up or then having a total Christmas you know something like the Santa Claus movies where it's just like Christmas overload 
And then the last element, I think, which is very, very important, is obviously fun. You want the movie to be fun. You know, yeah. Christmas is such a lovely holiday. You want it to, you want it to kind of re- resonate with that. What, what do you think are the most iconic? Is it, is it the ones that last the longest or, or is it just those ones that hit the sweet spot? Yeah, I think it's definitely the ones that hit the sweet spot. It's the ones that just never date, you know, the ones that just kind of always relate to everyone no matter what age they are. I think across all genres, the most iconic films are those ones that just kind of last the test of time. So, yeah, I think I think certainly certainly the films that you can watch again and again and again when you're 20, you can watch them when you're 40, you can watch them when you're 60, and they, they always feel the same way. Have you a favourite yourself? Oh, I do, I do. My favourite film has to be The Holiday. I only watched it last night again. The Holiday? Yeah. yeah. I quite like that, actually. Yeah. I wouldn't be going back to watch it two or three times, but certainly I enjoyed it, though. Yeah, The Holiday is definitely my, my go-to. I think it's because it's not Christmas overload. It's kind of got that nice message, and then I'm such a soft, soft, yeah. soft person yeah. for rom-coms that that one is just perfect well, for me. Yeah. What about Love Actually, then? Is, that, is Love Actually a Christmas movie? I suppose it is a Christmas film. I think it's one of those films that has been watched so much by people at Christmas. It's all it's become a Christmas film through everyone associating it with that season. <laughs> if you get me, I don't know, did it necessarily set out to be a Christmas film? I know it was released around Christmas, but it's, it's funny how it's held on to the Christmas theme. Um, but yeah, that's Love Actually is obviously a, another fantastic yeah, one. And of course, that scene at the airport, that'll resonate with a lot of people. There'll be a few tears shed over that one this year, I think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that scene is, you know, would, would pull on your emotions even on a normal year. This year in particular, you know, that both the opening scene at the end and the final scene at the, at the, end, the beginning, sorry, in the end of the film, it, it opens and closes with the airport scenes that it will um, it will cause a lot of people to feel a lot of emotions. And, you know, it, it, it's, quite, um, it's quite bittersweet. Christmas with the Cranks is another cracker. Tim Allen has something special about him when it comes to Christmas, doesn't he? Oh. Oh, he does. Tim Allen is just an iconic Christmas star, you know. <laughs> Everything that he's in around Christmas time, it just, it just is iconic. It he's got laughs. the face for Christmas movies and the facial expressions. He does, he does. You know, Tim Allen is kind of one of the people that you could see throughout any season in any program or film and you'll you'll relate him to Christmas. Like, he's, he is a Christmas character for sure. All right. Okay, well, hopefully over the Christmas, well, we will. We'll have time. We won't be able to do much else <laughs> except sit down and watch Christmas movies. Listen, happy Christmas to you and yours, Denise. That's Denise Curtin, and thank you. Uh, Stellar Magazine digital editor on the Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. What is your particular favourite? Let us try to find out before 5 to 12, what is the all-time favourite Christmas movie of our Opinion line viewers, you can come on the air and tell me about it if you want to, or just nominate one, your all-time favourite Christmas movie. I'm not going to tell you the one I watched last Sunday for a little while. For a little while, I want you to guess. People are saying, was it was it Outbreak? <laughs> Thanks, Barry. <laughs> Although there was a Christmas element to Outbreak as well, I think. I think. Was it Santa Claus the movie? No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Um, was it Home Alone? No, it wasn't. I picked a specific Christmas movie and we sat down and watched it on uh, uh, Sunday. My son had never seen it and I haven't seen it for donkey's years and it just was brilliant. We put waste to two whole selection boxes. Another one you might think about is White Christmas. Again, that wasn't the one we watched. That was made in 1954. But another little bit of trivia to run through your head. Obviously named for the song and and the song features in it. But here's one. That wasn't the first movie in which White Christmas 
featured. No, it wasn't. Oh, no, it wasn't. Don't, please. What was the first movie that White Christmas featured in? That's another one you could think about for us. But we'll try and figure out by the end of today what is the Opinion Line listener's all-time favourite Christmas movie. Here's another one that ranks up there as one of my favourites. Wasn't the one I watched on Sunday. This is one of my favourites. I know, and I'm a bad, bad person for this. It's not real. Well, it was real. I got sick and all the hair fell out. How'd you get sick? I loved a woman that wasn't clean. Mrs. Santa? No, it was her sister. Oh, no. (laughs) That's bad Santa, and bad Santa too. That'll give you some idea what I'd be watching with my son over the holidays. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Cork's 96FM. You're going to keep this one going for a little while. Just let us know by text or WhatsApp. Call if you want or tweet us or something. Let us know what your particular favourite Christmas movie is. And we will try to devise a listener's top movie or maybe a top three if we can control the numbers before 5 to 12. And I will tell you eventually the one that I watched with my son uh, last weekend. The the top 10, according to The Independent, that's the British Independent, I'll give you that in a minute just as a a bit of inspiration for you. All right? A lot of predictable ones in there. The top three, reasonably predictable, although I wouldn't have jumped on their number one now. But then again, maybe maybe it is the best of all time. Certainly, uh, the top ten of all time as voted by the readers of The Independent. Yeah, he'll resonate with a lot of them. 1850-715-996, the number, the text or WhatsApp, 083-396-9696, the email, opinion at 96mm.ie. Reminder, we are on air tomorrow, Christmas Eve. Very special programme. Greetings from as far away as Melbourne and Tunisia and Hamburg. We have local greetings um, from many, many, many of our leaders our civic and religious leaders and we'll have a lot of fun with local children that Fiona's been talking to over the last while. It's absolutely jam-packed. We've also had special music commissioned for the Christmas show from our own Roy Buckley. He went into Kitten Lane studio this week and commissioned a special recording for our Christmas show and we will remember the wonderful sound of Christmas in Cork that's Cara O'Sullivan we'll we'll do all of that tomorrow on a very special Christmas Eve opinion line but I do want to know what your favourite Christmas movie is and we'll try and put the list together before the end of the programme today just on Covid before we move on or move back rather uh, Geraldine says I wonder if there's any support for what Geraldine has to say here Geraldine says open up everything and just let it rip People are really suffering with these lockdowns and their mental health. Just let it rip. Also, on the border issues, close the border between North and South. It's a different country. You can't have restrictions on people flying into the Republic and then people are coming in versus Northern Ireland. There's two two issues there, Geraldine, that you raised. One is the closure of the border to people coming from North to South. I think a lot of people might agree with you on that. But the let it rip... I think that would be ridiculously dangerous. Absolutely ridiculously reckless and dangerous. A lot of people might agree with you there too. 1850-715-996. You might remember that towards the end of last week, I spoke with Peter 
at Chokvira up there on the Mardike, Peter spoke honestly, just searingly honestly, about his battle with drink and his attempts to win back the trust and the affection of those around him. And he spoke about life in Chakwara and how good it had been for him and how he was so looking forward to a sober Christmas and that for the first time in years he had invitations where to go Christmas Day because he got the trust back from people whose trust he had destroyed. And Peter was supposed to be on the air for four or five minutes. We spoke for nearly half an hour. The guy was just brilliant. One of the best, most honest calls we've had and taken all year on the show. The nice people at Suit Distributors were listening to that interview with Peter. And they messaged just afterwards and they said that they wanted to give one of their special shirts for the Cork Double, the 30 years of the Cork Double. They wanted to give one of those shirts to everyone resident in Chalk Vuera which I thought was a lovely, lovely gesture. But guess what? It didn't end there. Michael Gearin, good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good, good. Peter started a ball rolling. It didn't end there. Yes, Peter did indeed. He started a ball rolling, and as you said there, it was one of the most heartfelt pieces of radio I, I have certainly ever heard anyway. He was um, magnificent. Was, yeah, he was absolutely brilliant, and he epitomised, I suppose the culture that we, we endeavour to create in Chakra Western Road and he was a wonderful representative and I'm, I, I don't say that lightly, he really was um, and we wish him well. And arising from then, then, of course, subsequent to the interview, the very nice people at Suit Distributors contacted the show to say that they would like to present all the guys with a limited edition commemorative shirt, which was lovely and we were absolutely delighted with and everybody was looking forward to that. But then we were contacted between that and yesterday by Dave and Sue Distributors to say that there would be a couple of people who would like to pay tribute to the great work that the guys are doing in, in Chakra that were going to come along on the day um, when the shirts were being presented to the residents. And that happened yesterday. So to our great surprise, um, and I, I because of COVID, obviously, I couldn't be there, but I really was, was missed this. Larry Tompkins, Tomas Mulcahy and Teddy McCarthy, three of the greats from that All-Ireland double, double winning year in Cork, armed with the Sam Maguire and the Liam McCarthy, turned up yesterday in Western Road with the people from Suit Distributors. And they just came along to say well done to the residents and that they were supportive of and admiring of the endeavours that they are making to recover their lives. So to say that the residents and, and Joe and the team in Chockford Western Road were touched by this gesture um, was an understatement. It was a really, really nice thing to do. In the times that we are in, um, when things are so difficult, that these people would take time out of their very busy schedules to pay tribute to the work that the guys are doing down there on Western Road was very touching indeed. It, it, that was a phenomenal thing. Um, the two captains, and of course Teddy, who played Teddy on, on both teams. On, yeah. the, on both teams. Um, now it was a difficult situation to organise photographs and stuff, but with social distancing exercised, they were able to get some pictures. Yes, we got some pictures. They're posted on the um, on the Chakra Cork Facebook page, and again, just on the, on that page, that is a resource we have created to support people. Um, 
who may be struggling or who may be in recovery from addiction. And I suppose it was never more needed than it is at the moment, um, given the developments with COVID in the last two or three days or whatever and the restrictions that were announced yesterday. Michael, how long is it since you and I were speaking on a Christmas week? Would we ever get chocolate opened? Yeah, I'd say it's about four or five years ago at this stage, PJ, when it all all started um, about the house being disused and so on and so forth. And we are now going into our third year. Um, I think we opened in January um, 2019. So in 2021, we will be going into our third year. And it has gone from strength to strength since. And everybody um, who has been involved, including the government departments and statutory agencies and HSE and so on, have been wonderfully supportive. And we are so grateful to everybody um, including the people on 96FM who got behind this initiative first day and brought it to fruition to the point now where we have pe- people like Peter re-engaging with their families and children and all that kind of thing because that is what it's all about and it's truly priceless. Well, thank you for your kind comments there, Michael. Before I let you go, just a professional question for a moment. If people are struggling or have a family member struggling over the next few days, to whom can they reach out? They can certainly reach out to us if they're in Cork City. All our centres will be manned and opened nationwide across the Christmas period. So they can look at www.coonvera.ie and there will be contact numbers there where there will be people on the phone that will endeavour to assist them if they are in difficulty it might mean the difference between somebody not picking picking up a drink or not picking up a drink. We will be open throughout the holidays and we would be happy to help. Michael, you're one of our best contributors consistently on the opinion line. Thank you and to you and yours and especially to your darling mum. A happy Christmas. And many happy returns, PJ, and thank you. Cheers. 1850-7.5996. What a wonderful gesture. And uh, yeah, it is moving. My friend Dave from Soup Distributors called me yesterday to tell me what they'd done and I just thought, Jesus, that's that's just awesome. Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. The opinion line on Corks ninety six FM with Lehan Motors leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your two one one Toyota. See LehanMotors.ie. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96FM with your local mace going the extra smile for 60 Christmases and counting. Cork's 96FM. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083 396 9696. On Cork's 96FM. If you're like me, uh, you are the one, the lastminute.com. You know, we've known about this for weeks. We've watched Christmas coming and we watched the reopening of the shops. And we bought stuff online and we got that all squared away. But I'll be the one running around tomorrow after I finish here, running around town to grab that last minute few bits and pieces. Could be anything. Might only be a couple of sausages for the breakfast on Christmas morning. But I'll be running around looking for it. Now, thankfully, my kids are adults. But if you are one of these people that has a clatter of kids around you and out of school and you have shopping to do and you have to do it COVID safely, if at all possible, you could well find yourself 
necking. <laughs> Something you shouldn't be necking tomorrow evening just to get away with the tension. But all jokes aside, all jokes aside, last minute Christmas shopping happens the last the last minute dot com brigade every single year and trying to drag kids into supermarkets is hard at the best times. Jane Hogan, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. And those years are behind me, thankfully. Yeah, not behind me. I'm <laughs> and, and to give her due credit, it was always the Queen Bee that dragged them along. Um, <laughs> but but at the same time, I, I, I know her pain and remember her pain. Mm-hmm. It is a rough couple of days to be running around with kids, particularly in these times in which we now live. It is. I think at the moment, I, I think there's probably more people behind than ever before. I know we had online shopping um, but I still think a lot of us like to see what we're buying as well. So there's that kind of combination still needed to happen. And you can see how crazily busy the shops are at the moment. Really, um, really, really busy, possibly busier than maybe some of us anticipated. And it's a bit off-putting and going in with the kids really doesn't appeal at all. But, but there is a way around it. There is a way around is it. There? And I think there is. Well, particularly after yesterday's announcement, I think it's really, really important that we shop local. It's never been more important that we shop local. If we want our businesses, our hospitality, our restaurants, everything to still be there at the end of that, then we need to support them. And and we can do that by getting our last minute gifts and getting maybe something like a voucher for a local restaurant or a local personal service like um, a hairdresser or a beauty salon and mm. um, a hotel, something that people can look forward to. But you're also doing your bit by supporting in your community so it's, it's kind of a double win and you're not having to drag the kids around the shop What's, so what's the politics win. of the vouchers though Jen? I personally love to get a voucher mm. particularly one of these ones that goes one for all or wherever one mm. for the centre Other people say oh, you didn't have the you didn't be, couldn't be bothered selecting a gift you just bought me a voucher I think this year people understand, you know, people are, are, there's a lot of people very wary and nervous about going near the shops, going near crowds. And even if wariness isn't a thing, that there have been very different demands on people this year, financial demands and um, time demands, even having the children around and people trying to juggle working from home around the children. They don't have maybe the same freedom that they had. So I think vouchers will be much more acceptable this year. It's not about lack of thought and maybe it's about more thought, about thought of supporting the community and possibly of something to look forward to because at the moment we're looking into that kind of dark tunnel of lockdown five in the miserable winter months so to have something to look forward to and get you through that even take away meals from a restaurant or or take away a local takeaway little things like that or or that hotel stay further down the road yeah. or a voucher I suppose to a local theatre because we are going to want the arts to still be here at the end of it that's what's got us through this we Indeed. need our entertainment services too we, we, we sure do part of the Part of the fun, I think, of Christmas is the mad rush, is the madlastminute.com. Because I I often think, you know, if all the people who said to me in a normal year now, Jen, if all the people who said to me in November, I have the Christmas shopping sorted, if they were all telling the truth, should the Mm. streets be empty Christmas Eve? And I mean, we all love soaking up the atmosphere. And this time, this time around, I suppose it's that Christmas like no other, as we know. it's, it's a bit different because people are trying to look at the lights, soak up the atmosphere, the busy Christmas streets, and at the same time going, why are all these people out? Why are all these people out? Where's the social distancing? And <laughs> there's the two different things happening. There's the, the judgy eyes on people, and there's the wanting to feel some degree of normality as well. So that is usually part of it. And you still can go to the shops and pick up your chocolate and pick up your gift set and pick up candles, portable battery packs, you know, the wireless earphones because everybody's on 
phones or laptops yeah. or, and all this, all these sort of things that are kind of nice gifts to receive, but also practical as well at the moment. We still can do that in, can. in a safe manner. But I think, I think this year there still will be maybe a lot of different gifts just because of the, the times we're living in and that maybe our older and vulnerable um, loved ones aren't as comfortable in the shops and shouldn't be. We don't want to encourage them out into dangerous situations yeah. anyway. Is it the women or the men who lead the charge at half past three on Christmas Eve? <laughs> I think most women lead the charge at the beginning all the way through. By half past three, they're generally sorted. It's the men going, oh, that charm she wanted for her bracelet. I wonder, can I get that now? Says she naming something that she knows someone else is looking for. <laughs> but, but there is, yeah, I think, but, I mean, maybe it's a bit of a stereotype, but there is always that joke that, that the bloke leave it to the last minute. But I, I'm going to be honest, talking to the men in my life, talking to my male friends, colleagues, that they've all left it to the last minute oh, and it will be them leading the charge. My all-time... Favourite skin of my teeth story was a year I was delayed here in the newsroom. I was supposed to be finished Christmas Eve at, at one o'clock mm-hmm. and I didn't get out of here until until nearly four. And as I grabbed my mother-in-law's poinsettia to bring over on Christmas morning, the shutter was literally coming down. I had to duck under the shutter. <laughs> The panic, that absolute sense of panic. I know, just, you just breathe a relief when you go, okay, I've got my assets. Nothing else we can work around, but I can't, I can't be missing that one because there's really no excuse. <laughs> Listen, Jen, before I let you go, just on a, on a more sombre note for a sec, uh, we, we know with the restrictions coming in that the government is determined that the schools mm-hmm. shall open again on the 4th of January. Do you think parents are okay with that? I think the majority of parents are hoping the schools will reopen. I I think they are. I think people who are calling for schools to close largely are in a position where either obviously they're worried possibly about vulnerable children and that's a totally different situation. There needs to be support provided for children who have to stay at home and siblings of children who may have to stay at home if they're very vulnerable children. But I think the majority of people that you hear calling for school closures, they're in the fortunate position that there's somebody at home who can support their children through teaching or where they're working at home themselves. But I mean, we're not all in the same situation here. Not every family has somebody at home who can support their children, either because they're working, possibly they're essential service workers and they're not they're going to be there, or possibly they aren't able to just themselves. They don't feel they can support their children's education. I think the vast majority of parents are hoping that the schools will reopen. I think that's what all along we've been given this message that we make other sacrifices to keep the likes of our schools open and our childcare facilities open. And I think our children have sacrificed more than enough over the course of this pandemic. And it's really, really important, if at all possible, that the schools reopen. Feel free to admonish me, if you will, Jen. Mm-hmm. But but I, I've said once or twice in the course of this discussion, look, the best will in the world, school is not your babysitter. But school isn't a babysitter. I don't think any parent views school as a babysitting service. I think, if anything, this year we've realised that school is about so much more than education. You know, it's a place for their social development, their educational development. It's a good place for them to be for their mental health. Most children have lost an awful lot of their activities, their other outlets. You know, they're, this, this is a kind, some stages of childhood in particular are very vulnerable. And 
schools offer that security, that constant, that routine for, I suppose, even children with additional needs that need that consistent routine, that additional support. So it's not about ch- it's not about schools being a babysitting service, although I will say there are very few working parents who don't take school hours into account when they're working around their house, but that doesn't mean they're treating them as babysitting service. The same thing applies to teachers too. They will also work around their children being in in school but it's it's not that it's about their their overall development their overall support they have had to sacrifice a huge amount they've been viewed terribly negatively this year I'm really disappointed in how we saw it acceptable to treat our young people this year you know they were vectors they weren't welcome in shops at certain stages there was very little regard to give to their overall needs and especially those children who were vulnerable for all manner of different reasons so I think it's really really important that it, they open if it's it's safe to do so. Obviously, if public health advice says otherwise, that's a different situation. But as long as it's safe to do so, schools should open. Okay. Jen, thank you for your many contributions during My the pleasure. year. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas to you. Take care. That's Jen Hogan, 1850-715-996. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your guide to nightlife on side. Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Cork's entertainment. Tickets are now on sale for a specially streamed New Year's Eve show at Cork Opera House featuring one of our best singer-songwriters Mick Flannery. It's part of an online programme of events coming up at the Opera House between now and the end of the year with further details available at CorkOperaHouse.ie Access all areas. Due to demand, an extra Cork date has been added for Sarah Millican's Bobby Dazzler Tour in 2021. The show takes place on October 14th with tickets on sale now from the venue's website. Access all areas. Feel free to let us know at Access All Areas if you have a rescheduled show coming up or any live streaming events by emailing AAA at 96fm.ie. Access All Areas. Your guide to nightlife on the side. On Cork's 96FM. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850 715 996. On Cork's 96FM. Finn has been in town since 8am. Boom, he said. Seven presents from my partner. Off to slave in a kitchen at 11. Time management to a tea. Happy Christmas from Finn. <laughs> you lucky woman! Mind you, with you slaving in a kitchen six and seven days a week. Yeah, I think seven presents is about enough for her. 1850 715 Lots of suggestions coming in for Christmas movies. And I will come back to them. No one has guessed correctly yet what it is I sat down and watched with my son the other day. Wonder how well you know me. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And wonder how well you know my little uh, Facebook and Instagram posts about watching movies with the boy wonder. You know what we watch? Pick out a Christmas movie from the list. 1850-715-996. But first of all, back to the restrictions, the changed restrictions that come into force from 3 o'clock Christmas Eve. And of course, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking with Ty Daly from Nursing Homes Ireland about the breakthrough that they'd had in allowing one visitor per person per week in nursing and care homes and how much that was treasured by people. I mentioned uh, our friend Michael Gearan and how much it meant to him to be able to get to see his mum, for example, uh, in the last week or so. Is that arrangement, Ty Daly, affected by the new restrictions coming in tomorrow? Good morning. Yeah, good morning, PJ. Yeah, unfortunately it is. Look, this is very disappointing news for all of us in the nursing home sector, uh, not least the the residents themselves and their families. In effect, the announcement yesterday by government has moved everybody to level five, as as people will be aware. And what that means for for us in the nursing home sector and indeed all of the residential care facilities, that it's, it's now moved out to one visit every two weeks. Uh, as against one visit every, every week. So, look, very disappointing news, obviously, for everybody. Uh, but, you know, it's done for the in, in the interest of the safety and welfare of, of, of residents and staff, ultimately. Mm-hmm. And I suppose, look, we're um, also conscious that the vaccine is on the horizon. So um, I suppose we've got to be, you know, despite the, the, the disappointing news of yesterday, we've got to be hopeful and, 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 and remain positive as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Christmas will be, will be challenging for all of us in, in every house. Uh, and nursing homes will be no different. I know you, you you can't speak for individual members of your organisations, but mm. but but to the best uh, of your knowledge, with regard to nursing homes Ireland, if someone has that precious visit booked, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, mm. Stevens's Day, can they go ahead? Yeah, I mean uh, that, that's what I've been speaking with members just last evening, a few members, and indeed this morning as well. And uh, in the vast vast majority of cases, yes, if someone has booked. Um, then th- that will that will go ahead is my information from all members. Obviously, as you say, I can't speak for every member, uh, but communication is the key here. Um, you know, if anyone has booked, then then clearly it should be facilitated in my mind, uh, unless they maybe have two visits this week. Uh, and you know, we need to ensure that everybody gets an opportunity as well. So people need to be, I suppose, patient. Uh, walk walk with their 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 nursing home provider uh, and communicate what the issues are. I mean, I've known even over the last couple of weeks where. You know, people at end of life, for example, or indeed people who, whose condition has deteriorated, maybe, uh, you know, feeling down or whatever, that, yeah. you know, nursing homes have facilitated extra visits even within that time. So, you know, nursing homes are, are all individual and indeed the, the residents are all individual. So we'd be, we'd be encouraging and working with members to ensure that they deal with every case on its, uh, on its merits ultimately. Looking, looking forward to the new year. And when, like you said, the vaccine will hopefully uh, be, be be circulating uh, in in the, in the most essential sectors first. Will you in NHI? Will you be playing a role in ensuring that it gets rolled out to the nursing homes? Yeah, look, we're hugely encouraged by the the fact that the um, National Immunisation Advisory Council have 
put nursing home residents and staff at the top of the priority list. So that's hugely positive. So we're working uh, as we speak with the HSE. Um, as you know, the um, it was just approved in the last number of days. So uh, what we're working on now, or what the HSE are working on rather, is the I suppose the information and the leaflets and and the whole process of registering people. So uh, the minister announced yesterday that he'd be hopeful that uh, vaccines could start uh, before the end of the year, possibly the 30, 31st of this month. Yeah. Uh, and if that's the case, you can I can guarantee you that many of our members uh, have their hands up saying, you know, we're ready to go. So um, there is a, you know, a, a, a strong commitment there to people to roll it out as quickly and as yeah. efficiently as possible, because clearly we can get back to some normality with, with, uh, with a, a, a detailed, an efficient rollout of the vaccine yeah. sooner rather than later. Roughly, or as close as you can give me, Tyg, how many people uh, are in the various nursing homes run by your organisation? How many how many residents would there be? Yeah, well, a- across all of the sector, that would be the HSE homes, uh, the voluntaries who we represent and the private, there's actually about 31,000 Right. Um, ac- across all uh, of the nursing homes, public, private and voluntary. And on top of that, then you're talking, you know, something close to 50,000 staff. Um, so you're talking about, you know, something in the region of 80,000 people in total who have to be vaccinated at the, in the initial phase. And, and that's um, 160,000 know, injections, remember, because of, it's a two-dose vaccine. Yeah. Correct, and that's the issue, I suppose. What we'd be expecting is that, and what we understand is that if, if, it, if it may start before the end of the year, which would be fantastic, obviously, for everybody, uh, and then in early January, it will ramp up significantly uh, because there's, I think, uh, as I understand it, tens of thousands of doses due in the first week of yes. January and every week after that. So, you know, with, as I say, with the support of everybody, um, uh, and we'll be working closely with, with, with the HSE and indeed the Department of Health to ensure that it's rolled out very, very swiftly. And it'll, you know, it's not the only line of defence, but it'll get us back to some normality within the, um, within the nursing home sector. And the issue of visits, obviously, is uppermost in all of our minds. Here's hoping. Ty, listen to you and all of your members. Uh, and thank you for your contributions to us during the year. And a happy Christmas to you. You're very welcome. Many happy returns, PJ. Cheers. Try and get some downtime for all of us. Every intention. Thank you very much. Ty Daly from Nursing Homes Ireland. Uh, Corkman, of course. Uh, 1850 715 Now, Ryanair, I'm hearing stuff about Ryanair. Two extremely reliable contacts in the last 12 hours that Ryanair have cancelled flights to Tenerife next summer from Cork. Whether they'll reschedule them is up in the air. Hmm, sorry. And also, I'm just hearing this morning that flights to Lanzarote next summer with Ryanair are gone until August. That's the latest I'm hearing this morning because we know that Ryanair's hub in Cork may not reopen. They've said they'll reopen Shannon. Eddie Wilson was on the news yesterday saying they'll reopen Shannon with about 14 routes, but they haven't yet committed to reopening to Cork. And at the moment, I'm hearing that the Tenerife flights that were due to go next summer are cancelled and the Lanzarote flights that were due to go next summer are now cancelled. Olive then uh, always said she'd let us know. She finally got her refund back from Ryanair this week. Crikey. Uh, when I was on the show in July, your expert said I would probably not get it till Christmas, and how right he was. For anyone out there still waiting, I'd suggest you reapply, as that is what I did. Some of your movies coming in. No one has guessed yet. Nobody has guessed the movie we watched yet. Christmas Vacation is one that's uh, suggested. Now, these no, these are your favourites. No one's guessed the one that I watched with my son yet. Hi, PJ. Home Alone. Makes me laugh every time. Says Yvonne. Oh, yeah. Ah, yeah. Uh, the Polar Express. Uh, the soundtrack from it epitomises Christmas, says Geraldine. 
My favourite movie, Santa Claus the movie with Dudley Moore. I went to the Capitol Cinema to see it. Oh my goodness, there's a memory. EJ, was it Santa Claus the movie, says John Paul. No, just wondering, was the movie you watched Outbreak? <laughs> Thanks, Barry. Uh, can't get enough of Christmas with the cranks. It's hilarious. It's great fun. Miracle on 34th Street, Scrooge, the 1988 one with Bill Murray. I wasn't a fan of that one, but great movie. Uh, Miracle on 34th Street, the original from 47 with Maureen O'Hara and Natalie Wood. Love Actually, says Geraldine, the best Christmas movie ever. Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Right, where are you? Oh, David, David Peace, how are you, sir? How are you getting on? I'm good. Big, I'm fan, good. Of, big fan of the Christmas movies. Oh, definitely, big fan of movies in general. <laughs> Have you a favourite? Uh, I think I'm tied between two, which would be like Elf and the Gary Grinch movie. Yeah, the elf is just priceless. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think just the elf movie with uh, Will Ferrell in that movie is just the innocence he can portray is just incredible. I think, and it's the uh, I think it gets the crisp spirit and just the joy across really well. Do you know what I what I find funny about it is that when I look at this grown man in an elf costume, I think it's all right for all of us to be little kids for that couple of hours. Yeah, definitely. I think so, and I, I think. And seeing just the effect that that has on all the other characters around them and interacting, I think is really good. Yeah. And uh, just you know, and of course, just having the uh, cameo of Peter Dinklage from Game of Thrones. Yes. As well. Yes. At the time, he wasn't quite as as famous as as he yeah. is now because of Game of Thrones. But yeah, definitely. And I, I believe that movie came out seventeen years ago as well. Get away. Yeah. Seven and three. So it's. Uh, I still feel like it's a modern Christmas movie, but then when you actually look up, it's uh, 17 years old at this point. Crikey. Elf, then. Or that's, that's yeah. Elf. Grin- the Grinch was another one. Yeah, The Grinch. With the, the Jim Carrey one, which I think... That was... Growing up, I, I remember that was one of the first big Christmas movies that everybody was watching at the cinema see, like, in 2000. So, like... And, uh, again, Jim Carrey's performance in that, with the just... Not really needing any CGI or anything, just his face doing all the uh, facial expressions. Yeah. Even under all, all, all the prosthetics is incredible. Man of a thousand faces. Like, he's just... Yeah. My, my, we have a, a kind of a falling out in our house because I think, I think his facial expressions are what make him just irresistible to watch. And my missus sort of turns away cringing. She's like, I can't watch his face. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same here. <laughs> He's wonderful, absolutely wonderful. David, yeah, what are you doing yourself over the Christmas, apart from watching lots of movies? Uh, watching lots of movies. Uh, I'm going to have Christmas dinner with uh, my mother-in-law and then do some socially distance gifting, and that's about it. Yeah, you know, practice your magic tricks? Yeah, I've done a few Zoom shows for people, and I uh, like try and just keep the magic going for Christmas. So, Good man, good man. All right, well, happy yeah. Christmas to, to you and yours, David. Always good to chat with you. That's David Peace. Uh, one of the best magicians out there by the way. Let uh, us say hello to David. And in the same breath, I must say hello to my good pal, Liam Sheehan, uh, who's also practicing new tricks for when they can all get back out there and do them. Uh, thank you. Even 1857 uh, We've had a guess. We've had a correct guess as to what the movie I watched with my son was. We've had one correct guess. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll play it. I'll play, I'll play it in a minute, not just now. But one, what, what was the movie? The first movie I watched with my son last Sunday. It's a regular movie thing. About four or five o'clock on a Sunday, pretty much every Sunday of the year, bar the the high summer, we sit down and we watch um, 
we watch a movie together. Uh, was it Willy Wonka? No, it wasn't Willy Wonka. I love Willy Wonka. I love Willy Wonka. And it's always on some channel over the Christmas. It used to be that they buried it away at three o'clock in the morning, but now it's pretty much up there and you get it on demand. And I hate it. I absolutely hated the remake. Was it with what's his name out of um, Edward Scissorhands was in it? I hated that. I couldn't watch it. Dreadful. But, but, no. Give me Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the original, anytime. 1850-715-996. Yes, this was a beautiful thing. I got an email about this and, and there's a, there's a link which I'll play for you because it's, it's brilliant. It's a triumph of how to do something for Christmas when you kind of can't do something for Christmas. That's coming up next. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96FM with your local mace, where you're sure to find a friendly smile this Christmas. Cork's 96FM. Some of the worst Christmas presents that listeners in Cork have received include anti-wrinkle cream, a used Rubik's Cube, a 50 euro voucher for a shop that shut down five years ago. <laughs> you got a pair of roller skates, right? I got a pair of roller skates, my sister got one, and I got the other. <laughs> Casey and Ross in the morning with Noel DC Cars Blackpool celebrating the arrival of the new Skoda Octavia. Book your test drive now at noeldc.com. Exclusively Skoda in Cork City. Cork's 96 Gorgeous carol service by Core Gal from Whitechurch. And something very unusual about it. It was entirely recorded individually and mixed. DJ Kelleher. Good, Good morning. Good did morning, they, DJ. Did How they are you? actually, I'm well, thank you. Did they actually lay down all the individual tracks themselves? It was unbelievable, PJ. We rehearsed in advance on Zoom. Betty Fitzgerald is the musical director of our choir. And for about five or six weeks in advance of doing any recording, we rehearsed on Zoom. All like there's 56 of us in the choir, and we also had some, you know, local singers from Whitechurch as well as the Whitechurch St. Patrick's uh, choir involved. And then once we'd learned them all properly, we had to individually record them at home. 
and you know until we got it right so some of the songs or carols took you know maybe 20 30 goes um and in my case up to about 60 goes until i got it right um and then we had to submit them all into betty's husband dara and uh, uh betty's sister breed so you you sang say your own pieces at home, at with, home. with betty in your ear going now you know one two three stop bases next and you'd have to stop you know, and then you'd one, two, three, tenor start, or one, two, three, you know, you had your line to learn. I'm a, I'm a tenor. Right. Um, and each line, as in the soprano, alto, tenor, basses, we all had to learn our individual line as if we were side by side with each other. Right. And then record them onto our own devices at home, submit them, and each song took 30 hours. I can imagine. To get all of us looking as if we were all singing at the same time together. When You know when you do the big virtual yes. screen? Yes. Um, all of that had to be edited so that our mouths would look the same. Um, everything as if we were all literally side by side. That is incredible detail. It was fantastic. Absolutely. Who, who did that? Well, that, 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 that was done by um, Betty's husband, Dara Fitzgerald, and uh, Betty's sister, Breed. And then there was uh, Mary Kelleher involved as well. There was a whole troop of volunteers within Corgal um, who did that. But then, you know, when you do look at the, the full service, um, it was Bart and Helen Arnold. I might have known. Of TVM production. I might have known but the great Bart Arnold. With the, they, they did the recording in the church of yeah. the solo pieces because of COVID. Everybody had to, you know, none of the choir could go except for the solo pieces, the musicians. And they did the filming in the church. My husband actually did the drone footage that you'll see. Uh, he went up to Whitechurch a couple of days before and then got out a beautiful crisp day and then went, you know, the night that we dressed the church as if it was a getting ready for the carol service. Yeah. Um, you know, and then Bart and Helen, they, they pulled all of that together. We then submitted our editing that we'd done with the songs. They put all of that together. And like just to show the generosity and you know of spirit um, around this, you know Bart and, and Helen Arnold, they they gifted then the cost of the production because when oh they saw God. the sentiment oh and who we were reaching out to, because like you know COVID has brought on so many challenges, and I suppose we within Corgal we wanted to maintain a connection with our community and also a bit of continuity. I've actually used the three C's: connection, continuity, and community. And they so gel with each other. Um, like uh, our carol service was always regarded. It's, this is our 25th year. And we kind of felt, look, we need to maintain a connection for people who don't have any connections. Mm. Um, or who, you know, courtesy of COVID or isolating or hibernating or whatever. Um, and it was so important to have some bit of continuity. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful piece of work. It's still up there, isn't it? It is. It's um, you can go on to corgalchoir.ie, or you can go on to YouTube. And if you go on to YouTube, um, you just key in White Church Carol Service. Um, and that'll pop up. Or if you go into corgalchoir.ie, all you do is press play. Um, and we've we've been so overwhelmed. Um, like we we normally partner with a charity each year. Um, this year we partnered with the Samaritans because their work has just morphed into yeah. silly numbers, the amount of people that are ringing them. Um, and normally we would raise about €3,000 during our live two services that we'd run. Mm -hmm. And we're up over seven, seven and a half grand now. Wow. So again, people can, 
either go to the website or just go direct to the Samaritans, go direct to the choir website, corgalchoir.ie, and we have a tab button there that you can just click on to do- donate, um, or indeed just go straight to the Samaritans. Um, you know, their work is... Is, is is badly needed at this time of year. In, indeed. And you've got an international, of course, with the YouTube connection, an international audience now. Well, ironically, it's actually through, you know, we, we ran a campaign through Facebook. Um, and I suppose it just shows the diaspora of the community within Whitechurch. Um, you know, we had people in the United Kingdom, United States, Germany, Canada, Spain, Luxembourg, the Netherlands, Switzerland, Brazil, Mexico. <sighs> You know, we and but you see, we also had the um, Department of Foreign Affairs. They tweeted it out to our overseas armed forces and to all the embassies. Um, so that that was fantastic. They organically picked up on that, um, and you know, it, it, it just grew. We we're, we're utterly overwhelmed and, and humbled to be honest with you well um, it's, it's magnificent it's, it's a wonderful you're very idea. kind PJ tremendous piece of work and delighted to feature it on the programme and uh, happy Christmas and uh, prosperous new year to everyone and to you and to your listeners and thanks ever so much cheers absolutely delighted. much appreciated bye bye cheers remember now what they did they all recorded all their bits in their homes under the instruction of musical director and then sent them all into a studio where all the bits were mixed together and then Bart Arnold put the video together and if you can tell the difference between that and actual choir service in a church I defy you to do it it's magnificent it's Corgal White Church Let, let it play us up to the news why not it's Christmas time seen a lot of stuff on Zoom and other platforms over the years, but that from our own county of Cork, I think that takes the biscuit, it takes the cherry on top, it takes the hundreds and thousands. It's remarkable. None of them are together. They did that all separately. Wow. Poor Garl Church put that together for Christmas and raised the bones of seven and a half grand so far for the Samaritans. It's been watched all over the world. Core Gal White Church or the White Church Choir Choral. If you want to get on and look at that video, it's spectacular. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Courts 96 FM. 1857-15996, the number to call, the text to WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. Reminder, we will be on air tomorrow, Christmas Eve, a very special and hopefully very different programme for the day that's in it. We will cover the news of the day as necessary, subject to breaking news and anything like that, but we'll try to keep actual hard news to a minimum tomorrow and we'll be chatting about Christmas and where people will be spending Christmas and what they'll be doing for Christmas and, and all of that as we celebrate Christmas Eve here on The Opinion Line. Our last show, that is, for the year. Uh, we're back on air on the 4th of January, but across the Christmas and New Year period, 
from Monday to Friday of next week, that's the week after Christmas, we will have a special programme every day for an hour between 11 and 12 called the 2020 Rewind. Looking back at some of the stuff we've been doing during the year. And not all the predictable COVID stuff either, although it is in there. But some stuff you might have forgotten. Some guests you might not have, you might not remember. Uh, and we'll be happy to hear again. That's all coming after Christmas. Then tomorrow morning, I remind you that, or sorry, Christmas morning, myself will be on, on Cork's 96 Miss on our Christmas stream on the app or on the web uh, between 7 and 10 on Christmas morning. Doing it live from Studio 1.5, as they say. Uh, on Christmas morning so if you have any mentions for people who are working or away or in hospital or anything like that that you'd like to have me mention on Cork's 96 Miss on Christmas morning please get them into me by this evening if you can at all to pj at 96fm.ie we've been following a story uh, that is around a very long time and that made the newspapers uh, back in 2005 we've had a major development in it And that is the story of a Santa letter which was discovered behind a chimney many years ago. It was written in 1960 by a little girl called Yvonne Foley. And it read, Dear Santa, please give me a jar, a bottle for my dolly, and a stick with a balloon on it, and a Rolls Royce dinky, and a game of Ludo 2. Happy Christmas, and that was from Yvonne Foley. Now, come forward to 2020, and that letter surfaced again recently in the hands of a little boy going to Glandore National School, and we talked to him, and we talked to his school principal a week or so ago when the story emerged again. Uh, But the man who found the letter I, you know, this world is a mere village. A good friend of the opinion line, Ger O'Brien, good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you, sir? Very good, my friend. And yourself? I'm not too bad. This is Ger, our energy healer, a guest on the show from time to time. Ger, tell me the story. Where and when and how did you find this letter? Okay. Um, myself and my very good friend, Kevin Gregan, who's no, sadly no longer with us, we were renovating this uh, house in the Western Road and we were kind of hammering down a chimney breast because we are getting ready to dry line the walls in, mm. in this particular room. When was this, Nigel? This was, um, I reckon this was 20, 22 to 23 years ago. Okay. And anyway, there was a gap in the block work and I said, Kevin, have a look at this. And this is actually what I thought at the time. I knew it was a letter to Santa Claus because I used to do the same myself when I was a kid with my siblings. So I, I pulled it out, and lo and behold, it was just a little fringe on the corner of the envelope, and we opened it up, and there it was, a letter to Santa, and as you rightly read out, that's exactly what was on it, and myself and Kevin thought it was just absolutely fantastic what that little girl was looking for back in 1960, yeah. as opposed to what kids are getting today. And what happened with that letter was, I put that in my in my van, in the glove compartment, and it was there for several years. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I've got to do something with this. So I handed it into 96FM. Um, I think it was 15 years ago, but That's I had it. the letter, I reckon, for about seven years because I sold that van and I put the letter back into the glove compartment again. Right. And and then I decided, you know, it's some, you know, if I get this on there, 
it'll kind of put things into perspective of right. what things are like today and what like things were back then back then right. what kids were actually getting. So I handed it in to my friend um Marie Gregan of the of the Douglas Post yeah. and she handed it into ninety six FM and he actually aired it and I think it went on the Cork Examiner after that. Yeah, I remember Marie Gregan and, and, the, and the Douglas Post and I have a vague notion of the story coming through here. Uh, I did, you kept it in your possession though, did you? I, I didn't have it. Um, it just went missing okay. and it just it, it, it manifested itself, I think, going back a couple of weeks. I didn't realise that Kevin actually had it in his diary all those years. Yeah. Wow. And, and Norma Welton is the principal of Glendore National School, and it was it was uh, Ryan from from Glendore National School who found it. Norma, good morning. Good morning, hi PJ and hi George. Hi, hi Norma. And and Kevin, your late friend Kevin, was Ryan's grandfather. That's Jer. correct, PJ. Yeah. God Almighty, such a small world, and and Ryan's off on his holidays now. But he he found it in his granddad's things, didn't he, Norma? He did. He found it in his granddad's diary, and he brought it into school. And he left the diary, which was dated two thousand and twelve, on his desk. Now Ryan is quite very quiet kid, but a bit of a charmer. So he's got us all under his. You know, <laughs> we love him to bits. So he just said to me, "I have something I want to show you," and I found this in granddad's diary, and. The letter then came into the office and we looked at it and I knew straight away there was something historical and something of significance to some, you know, Yvonne, if she was still there and still around. So we just Googled everything and then we got in contact with social media and then it took to cook, you know, to go from there. Yeah, it did take off and it did get coverage and it resulted in a phone call to 96FM um, from Yvonne. Yvonne Foley, good morning. <laughs> good morning, all. How are you? Good morning. Isn't this wonderful, wonderful, wonderful? Uh, we have the man who found the letter, and we have the teacher there for the little lad who brought it into school. Yvonne, what is the story behind this, this letter? Well, this letter um, was written by my father. Because when I heard about it in 2005, I think you said, mm. um, I obviously had, you know, I'd forgotten about my letter to Santa then and I had moved to Sunday's Well and I was now living in Bray, County Wicklow. So when this was uh, mentioned, I had no idea what was in the letter. I had no idea uh, of the specific letter, but then somebody sent me a copy of the letter. <sighs> And then I saw, so I don't have the original at all. I never got that, strangely enough, between the coming and going of all of this fantastic excitement. They sent me a copy of the letter so I could see what I had written and and maybe who wrote it because I signed it. And then I have two brothers living in America. So we, we looked at the letter with the gas, I mean, amazed. And then I said to my brothers, whose writing is that? Surely it's it's Ma's writing. And they went, no, it's Da wrote that. Wow. So my recollection is of him and myself. Um, and I wrote it in November. Isn't that right, Ger? Does it say November? The it did. Letter it's as I can remember, yeah. First, the 1st of November. So I was always very anxious to write my letter to Santa. Yeah. Because 
you know, that, that it is the highest thing ever that Santa still comes to see us all. And I just wanted to write my letter because I had my list made. Yeah. And I remember distinctly my father sitting patiently with me and and writing the letter. And he said to me, now, now, Yvonne, you just sign it there. And I remember signing it. I remember the sitting room in the front room, or the the sitting room where the fireplace was. And then he stretched his hand up the chimney and put it up there. Now, up there, I wasn't sure was where up there was, but all I knew was it went up the chimney and that Santa would get my letter. Yeah, there was a thing called a cleave, and and I've heard the term before. What what is or was a cleave, Yvonne? I found this out recently that a cleave that in those building of those of the houses because that house was built I don't know how long before we moved in it's one of the old houses in the top of the Western Road was there quite a while and then that there was it's like a shelf I think mm. when Jar was mentioning a block it's like a shelf or a block. This is only my understanding. I'm sure there's many people out there. Well, when well, I looked into it, I remember uh, in many old fireplaces, you, you'd have, this is just from my own recollection of a country fireplace, yeah. or something. you'd have this little shelf inside the fireplace where you'd light the fire in the morning and it would heat. And then obviously the embers would die down, but the great heat was there. So people might put a pot into it to heat a pot or they'd put a kettle up into yeah. it to, he- to keep a kettle hot but the idea of putting a letter for Santa on it and of course then Santa would come and, and read the letter and for some reason he would always put it back in the cleave That is the strange thing about Santa, I mean he works differently now, we can post them in different letter boxes but at that time he used to put them back there and it was amazing and that he he, he left it there for me to find <sighs> In 2020. In 2020, because you obviously forgot completely. But And I guess, Ger, I suppose if you hadn't copped it when you were doing your bit of work in the house, it could have gone out in a skip with the rubble. Yeah. That's exactly what would have happened, PJ. But I can, I can remember in my mind's eye actually taking it out and it was, uh, it was encrusted in, in really dark soot, needless to say, really encrusted in it. And uh, I had to give it a good blow to get it off. And hence what manifested was just, I thought and Kevin thought it was just absolutely incredible. But I'm sure you'll agree, PJ, I'm the same vintage of yourself and Yvonne. And, um, you know, Santa's elves used to wrap the presents back then in brown paper with, with string, if you remember. I do, I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just wonderful, wonderful, wonderful times and wonderful memories. You obviously would love to get it back. Oh, I absolutely, I mean, it would, it's now that it's come again, I think I was too excited by the whole thing and, and found it quite overwhelming, very emotional. Yeah. Because I was back again, missing my mother and father, you know, and thinking of the times. And I mean, it was happy, but I was thinking and I was reflecting on that of, of, of him writing the letter and how come it wasn't my mother and what a great dad he was and he put it up and that it was there and never burnt all the time. I mean, like, why? It's amazing, Jared, that she found it. I mean, and I would dream, truly love to see that letter. It yeah. would be so beautiful for me. Yeah. yeah. The simplicity of what was in it and we'll, we'll, we'll make sure that all that can happen. Uh, I... 
Um, a, a bottle for my dolly, a stick with a balloon on it, and a Rolls Royce dinky, and a game of Ludo. But you were asking for a jar. Now, Yvonne, I remember an old Cork expression for a hot water bottle being a jar. Is that what you wanted, or what was it? It is. <laughs> Imagine, I'm uh, six or seven, to have a jar um, <laughs> and a hot water bottle. I don't know, it showed at the house. There wasn't many fires lighting enough, uh, or, or what it was, but it was a jar. And it was a hot water bottle jar that I wanted for myself yeah. because I, I don't know why I wanted that particularly. I do know that that's what it would have meant. to mean, look, I mean, for anybody listening out there now and would be thinking, she's looking for uh, a jar, not the alcoholic type, but the jar. Well, we were thinking a jar for toys or a jar for, for marbles or, or for anything that you might want. But, but I remember my own mother to this day referring to a hot water bottle as a jar and I thought maybe that's what she wanted Do you know we always did like a hot water bottle was only a jar there was no other word for it I didn't know it I knew that it represented a hot water bottle but the only or the only word and I'm sure there's plenty of people out there it was a jar yeah. I don't know if that's just a cork one. Well, or, maybe it is, because originally one, it just was a jar. It was an earthenware jar that you filled with hot water and you put it right. into the bed before you got into it. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So and now... The dinky, in the dinky is kind of amazing, because I was thinking, why did I want a dinky? And then I spoke to my brothers. Now, my two brothers are five and seven years in, uh, older than me. So at the time... I should be taking their things and quite irritating to them, I'm sure, around the place. And they had their own dinkies of different cars that they would have had. So my idea of a dinky would only be a car, which they only wore anyway. But I remember saying that I wanted a dinky for myself because they wouldn't let me play with the dinkies. They would keep saying, Ma, take her away, take her away from us, you know, and I wanted this dinky. And to have the best of all would be the Rolls Royce. I'm sure it's still is, but I wanted that one, so I'd have better than them. Ah, oh, for goodness sake. Imagine the small pettiness of it. And a stick, a stick for a balloon. Like, that was... To think in 1960 that that was such a big thing. I mean, you get a stick for a balloon everywhere you go now. Yes. You hardly get a balloon without a stick. These days. I know, I know. But imagine it, that, that, those, that, that, that that was a huge thing then. Ah, listen, this is this is such a lovely uh, coming together. Not only the the, the woman or the, the little girl who wrote it, but the, the man who found it and the, the bridge in between, which was Norma and indeed um, young 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 Ryan. He'll be delighted with this, Norma, won't he? Yes, he will. He's certainly um, overwhelmed by all of this. So um, he would love to meet Yvonne if that's possible. Well, you and know, COVID, well. COVID will determine I know. whatever. Yvonne, mm-hmm. yeah. finally, let's get back to the, the, the beautiful magic of it, of, of Santa. Or, did you call him back then? Was it Santa or Santi? Santi. Santi, I thought that. And in Bray, they'd be inclined to call him Daddy Christmas. <laughs> Lord Resgayborn, he, he always referred to him as Daddy Christmas. And I think a lot of Dubs and, and Wicklow people would refer to him as Daddy Christmas. But look at the um, think the, 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 the magic of him bringing the letter back. And you never knew that, of course. I never knew that he brought the letter back. And I mean, you know, I do believe that 
Santa is such a magical, mystical time, and it's such spirit of goodwill. And I think, I, I don't know this now because yeah. Santa didn't tell me, but I think he left that there for me and all of you to speak and find because he works in such fabulous ways. Isn't he? Doesn't he just, well, one way he does work is we mentioned that it was the, it was Ryan's late granddad yes. who, who had it after you, Ger, passed it on and all that. Well, mm-hmm. his, his nana is Marie. Nana, Marie, how are you? Are you there? Hello. How are you, Marie? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You how rem- are you? you rem- I'm great. You, re- you remember Kevin having this letter? I do. Yes, I do. And sure, I remember them having the letter and then we put it on the dog's post and then Kevin passed away and the letter went missing and then Ryan found it in one of Kevin's work diaries again. Wow. Yeah. And we had searched everywhere for it and we couldn't find it. Yeah. And Ryan loves doodling. He's always writing and doodling. And he found the diary and he was doodling in it and then he found the letter again in the diary from 2012. That's it. And when when he told you he wanted to take it into school, or did he? No, I just said to him, Ryan, look at this. And he said, what is this, Gran? And I said, look, let's read it. And he couldn't, what's a dinky, he said. What's a dinky, he couldn't understand. Well, I said, long ago, when we were small, that's what they call the little tars that you have there, they call them dinkies. So he was fascinated. So I just said, then, would you like to take it in and show it to the boys and the girls in school? And he said he would. And it just went in and it's, Took off then from there again. Oh man, <laughs> it's is, magic. It's amazing, you know. I, I, is he there with you? He is. He's here. Can he I talk sure to him is. for a second? You can. You can. Oh, this is this is this is magic. This is the magic of Christmas. <laughs> Hi, Ryan. Hi. You remember the the letter and the lady who wrote the letter is Yvonne. Yeah. Do you want to say hello to her? I don't know. See, he's there Hello, on the Ryan. other. Hi, Ryan. Uh, hi. Hi, I'm Yvonne, and I want to thank you for finding my letters. You're, You're welcome. It's a great surprise, and you found it, and you brought it to school. You did the right thing, and now, hopefully, uh, you are going to be able to give me the letter yourself in the school yeah. or wherever and your grandfather would be so delighted that you found me. Oh, this is this is brilliant, lads. This is incredible. Um hmm. uh, Ryan Ryan you're so glad now you found it, I guess, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well you know maybe maybe when all of this nasty COVID stuff goes away we can arrange to get you all together to meet one another and we'd put everyone together. We'd keep everyone in contact on this one now because when we when we saw the story a week or two ago, um, we kind of said, wouldn't it be lovely to find her? And then, Yvonne, you, you, got, you contacted us in actual fact when you, when you saw the story growing, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, well, what, what happened for me to find out, I, the last time in 2005, I, I found it out pretty quickly because I had somebody who had been listening that morning and rang me, but 
this time, I think he may have been chatting for a while, but my, I have a cousin in Cork, Felicity Foley, and she contacted my brother in America to say they're looking for Yvonne on the radio. Right. <laughs> Uh, and then Robin sent me the email and he said I said I know that was 2005 though he said they seem to be looking for you again so he said you want to ring them up and see what is the what and I actually did say don't don't it couldn't be the letter it couldn't be that and then when I spoke to you you guys in their 96 my heart I thought I thought I was going to get a heart attack actually because my heart was throbbing saying the letter I never got the letter, and now I get it. It was just, it was just amazing. And the I beauty of it is, it was Ger originally brought it to our attention many years ago before Kevin got it. Wow! Yeah. My goodness. Listen, I'm going to finish it there, Ger. I want you to stay with me for a minute. Do I want to talk about something else? But, but listen to to Ger, who found the letter. Okay. Ryan, thank you so much. And Yvonne, thank you. It's been wonderful to talk to you. Happy Christmas to you and to Norma, your principal, and to Marie, your, your nana, and to you, Ryan. And thank you very much. Yvonne, Norma, and Ryan, uh, and Marie, stay, stay there for me. And Ger, I'm going to stay and talk to you for a couple of minutes uh, after the break, if you wouldn't mind. This, this is the magic of Christmas. Thank you all. 1850-715-996. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96FM. With your local mace, counting down to Christmas and serving you for 60 years and counting. Cork's 96FM. Ah, listen, there's someone chopping onions around here. That's brilliant. That's such a magic, magic story. Ger, I asked you to stay because the last time you were on this program, you popped into me for 10 minutes and we were still yakking over an hour later. How, how is the old business going? Good morning to you again. Very good. Very good, PJ. Um, extremely busy. There's a lot of people out there suffering today like never before. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's mental health and anxiety and energy healing that you do. And I guess with COVID and lockdown, you've had a busy year. I have indeed, Jeff. It's been extremely busy. Really, really busy. Um, first, what I would say, PJ, there's not enough being done about mental health in this country mm. at all. At all, at all. I mean, they're actually cutting what's uh, been invested in mental health in the country while politicians are giving themselves increases. It's just been brushed under the carpet. Yeah. So I'm trying to blaze the trails, the trail about what needs to be done about mental health in this country, as well as a lot of other people. So it's, thanks for the opportunity for me to address this again. Yeah. When we talked, we talked about the kind of, of, of therapy that you do, and, and you have a great answer for the critics. You say, look at the people who come to me. And we've just had a message in. Someone just heard your voice and said, that man, Ger O'Brien, is incredible. He's helped me so much with my mental health over these past few months. I think it'd be a wonderful idea to have him talk about stress or mental health and anxiety during these hard times. And let's do that, Ger. You know, we look at restrictions and we look at trying to curb this blasted virus that has invaded every element of our lives since the, the end of February, the beginning of March. And I said this morning with the latest chapter in the I am fed up. Very, very fed up. But I'm okay mentally. I've had the, you know, I've been able to keep my job and everything's been relatively normal and same with the missus. We're a happy house, even despite the restrictions. But for someone who has been struggling, any bit of advice for them? 
Absolutely. Well, number number one, you get what you think of, whether you want it or not, so be careful what you think of, because energy follows thought. Um, you've got what's called universal collective consciousness. Everybody's thinking the same thought today, and that's fair best because of obvious reasons, and it sends a negative wave across the entire planet, and it brings people down. It lowers what's called a vibrational frequency, putting them to a negative state of mind, creates anxiety and depression. What I would say is focus on what you want, not on what you don't want, and things will start to shift. And the other thing what I say to my clients is, if you always do what you've always done, you will always get what you've always gotten. Now, I will pose this question to your clients that are listening, and maybe just repeat that to themselves. If I always do what I've always done, I will always get what I've always gotten. So that tells you you need to make a conscious decision to change what you're doing in order to change the way your life is at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we all had plans, even within the limits that were we would have to live with. We all had plans for the next few days. And it'll be desperately hard not to see people you had planned to see. It'll be heartbreaking for some people not to be able to go and properly do a nursing home visit or properly do a hospital visit. The hard part of the next few days, is there, this, is there something we can all do to help us to maybe ground ourselves in the moments where it might get a bit too much? Um, absolutely, absolutely. And that is, you've got to change the way we're thinking, TJ. That's the first thing, because our thoughts create our reality. Our thoughts create everything that comes into our experience on a daily mm. basis. Put something on that I can grasp, though. Change the way you're thinking. So, I, as I said, I'm here, and as, as I said to two listeners this morning, I'm fed up. With, with the cycle of, of all of this. I'm just, okay. I'm grand, but I'm fed up. So how do I stop being fed up? Okay, change your thoughts, change your life. Straight away, that's as simple as that, okay? Because again, we're focusing too much on what we don't want. And you're the one that's creating how you're feeling, albeit at an unconscious level. Right. But now that you're consciously aware of how you're feeling, it's up to you to turn this around. You can get all the help out there that you want, but everything starts and finishes with you. You need to step up to the mark. You've got to change the attitude from the first thing in the morning. And what I do every single morning is I put my hands over my chest. I take three deep breaths and I say, thank you, God, for my breaths. Without us, I wouldn't be here. Thank you for my eyesight to see this wonderful day unfold before me. The positive thoughts, feelings and emotions, people, circumstances and events that I'm about to attract into my life because I've changed the way that I'm thinking. Now, that's how I start my day. That's a phony prayer, is it? You can make it up. I just made that up. That was off the top of my head. Yeah. Be grateful for what you have, in other words. Absolutely. An attitude of gratitude changes everything. It changes the energy field within yourself and what you're projecting out. And what you project out, you bring back into your experience. So keep your thoughts good. Keep your verbal affirmations very positive about yourself because the amount of people that come to me, for instance, a lot of people might come and they say they're not good enough. And how they would verbalize that to me is, I'm not good enough, Chair. So I said, I understand. You're getting exactly what you're affirming to yourself. So why not turn around and say, you know, I'm actually doing okay. I'm yeah. actually doing okay and I am good enough. So the power of those two words, I am, are the most powerful words in existence. Anything that follows I am, you become. I like that. I like that. And straight away I'm thinking, the fed up thing, you know, I am surrounded by my family uh, we're all healthy. We have all managed to get through this without picking up the virus. We're mm-hmm. lucky enough to have food on the table. We all have our jobs. In actual fact, I have a lot to be grateful for. Yeah. 
And that's the change. That's the change, isn't it? That's the attitude. That's the attitude you need to take into the day every single day before you leave your bed. And I mean that with respect to everybody out there who's suffering with anxiety and depression. You can change your life by the thoughts that you think. And you need to change it because otherwise you're going to be stuck in the doldrums of despair. You will get out of this, people. I'm telling you, the storm doesn't last for long. The Mm. storm doesn't last for long. And what you resist persists. Just leave things happen. You're, in, you're on the right path in your life. I trust in the process of life. All I need is taken care of. Just surrender and let go. Whatever state of mind that you're in at the moment, things will start to pass. Things will start to pass. And everything happens for a reason. Even the doldrums of despair that you may have put yourself into at an unconscious level because of circumstances, situations and events that have contributed to how you're feeling now, all this will pass once you accept and offer no more resistance. It's like me saying to you, go down to the beach and stand in front of the water and stop the waves. It's futile. It'll never happen. Just accept where you are at this moment in your life and things will start to change. Ger, it's always great to talk to you and to, to, to tie you to one of the happiest little stories we've had on the show <laughs> in a very long time. It's just a wonderful, wonderful thing. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, PJ. God bless. Cheers. That's Ger O'Brien. Look him up. Look him up. People people say things about him, but I have never yet met anybody who didn't sit down and talk with him and say, my God, he knows what he's at. He knows what he's at. 1850-715-996. Can we do a special greeting for a great friend of the show and a great friend of the radio station and a personal friend of mine? He hasn't been well this year, but he's on the road to recovery. Uh, Our mutual friend, Michael Mulcahy tells me he is on the road to recovery, uh, well and truly on the road to recovery. And John O'Donovan called up to say, would we wish him a speedy recovery? And that is, of course, the great Paddy O'Brien, the the legend that is uh, Paddy O'Brien. He hasn't been well, but he's on the road to recovery. And Paddy, we wish you well and a very, very happy Christmas to you and to yours. And we hope against hope that not only will there be an over 60s, in 2021, but that you will be back at the head of it where you belong. 1850-715-996. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. What I asked you to do this morning on the pun day game was to combine celebrities with video games. Tetris Elba. <laughs> I like that one. Good one. Hugh Pac-Man. Yay! Yeah. Super Mario Rosenstock. <laughs> <laughs> or Super Mario Lopez as well. Hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do a FIFA. Yeah, I like, I like that. that. I like that. Grand Theft Auto San Andreas Pacelli. <laughs> Casey and Ross in the morning with no DC cars Blackpool. Celebrating the arrival of the new Skoda Octavia. Book your test drive now at noldc.com. Exclusively Skoda in Cork City. Cork's 96 this is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 0833 96 96 96. On Cork's 96 FM. Getting back to young Callum. Remember, we talked to him and his mom at the start of the show this morning. He's the young lad who wrote the letter to Pfizer's to make sure that Santa could get the vaccine uh, so that he could be safe on his trip around the world on Christmas Eve. And the very top boss man in Pfizer 
put it on his LinkedIn page that this wonderful young man from Cork had written this letter uh, about Santa and wanting that Santa would get the vaccine. Well, we can bring you another update. And that is Santa's helper has been in touch. Remember Santa's helper that we've talked to once or twice? It looks now as if there will be a special visit to Callum before Christmas and tomorrow's Christmas Eve a special visit to Callum to tell him just what a great lad he is and that is no more than he deserves bunch of other stuff uh, coming in at this stage Uh, I'd like to wish you all a happy Christmas and best wishes you've no idea how over the past few months you have kept me going thank you and thank you and a lot of people have been messaging us you know with with kind words uh, about the programme since all of this came in on us on the end of January and start of February and into February and March. And we've done our level, level best to keep a level head if we can and to keep and get people through it. And uh, and uh, thank you for the kind words. Everyone's up in a heap at this time of year. Can people please make sure if they see a bin that has strayed that they try to put it in the right place? She's in the Black Rock Stroke Mahan area. Her bin is missing and that is just what you don't need for the Christmas. Ain't that the truth? Uh, that's coming in there. Can BJ say there are hundreds of people cocooning that don't have contact with their children or grandchildren and it's very lonely for them. Make the effort to at least pick up the phone. I uh, mentioned the best wishes for Paddy O'Brien there a moment or two ago and I know that we would always talk to Paddy at Christmas week um, and he would say if you know someone who will be alone this Christmas knock on the door. Obviously, social distancing might be paid to that, but make some kind of contact with them. Call them. Just wave at them. Are they all right? Do they need anything? Because there might be people who, you'll be the only other human being who makes contact with them at this time of year. And for people who are cocooning and missing others, you know, if there is a woman or man down the end of the road of elderly years that you, you, you don't know them, but you know that because of all this, they're on their own. Just con- contact them, knock at their door. Why not do a simple thing? Write a Christmas card, pop it in their, pop it in their door. Let them know that that you're thinking of them. Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. As we come to the end of a, a broadcasting year, which of course our broadcasting year at this program finishes tomorrow. Lots of people to to thank and to wish well, and we will do as many of those as we can tomorrow on the program. And we're thanking all of our regular contributors as they come through this week. Thanks in particular to Mr. Jared Cassidy from the 96FM IT and Engineering Department heading off on his holly years now. I promise I won't ring you when something goes wrong over the next while, Jared. But thank you for uh, for your service and also to Carol as well, who uh, keep us on the air. They're the things that you don't see and you don't hear as people running around going, what's he after present now? But thank you, Jared. And happy Christmas to you and yours. 1850-715-996. You know, it, we started off this morning talking about the beauty of childhood and the simplicity of childhood generosity and the values that they learn from us. Uh, they learn from us and those around them. We also want to keep this Christmas season happy and positive for them. And we're all dealing with the stuff of lockdowns and the stuff of restrictions and loneliness and not being able to see those we love. But it's a time to keep the kids... We've got to keep the kids laughing and smiling and positive because this next 48 hours, 72 hours, is the most important for them. 
this is it's all about the kids. It's all about the child inside and all of us, but it's all about the the real kids. Catherine Hallisey joins us for the last time this year on the opinion line. Catherine, good morning. Good morning, PJ. And happy Christmas to you first and foremost. And to you too. I was listening to all the lovely stories there. Yeah. yeah. Um you know, this has was always going to be a different Christmas. Uh, and was always going to be for some families a difficult Christmas. But now, given that what must happen, and we understand that it must, it could be very hard anyway, uh, even more so. How do we, how do we separate our children from that loop, or, or do we need to keep them in it? You know, I think it's it's always that balance. The most important thing that I would like every parent to hear right now is that the only thing your children right now is you, in some kind of good form. Um, not stressed, not trying to make things perfect, mm. just being there. Try to be a bit playful. Try to manage your own stress levels so that you're able to be playful with your kids. Mm. You know, and this is a very, very difficult time for all of us as a nation and for some people in particular, there may be financial insecurity, job insecurity, health concerns, and still you know, if we can keep the focus on the things that are within our control and that's actually just being present, mm. being with our families and minimising the bad news. Look, we all know what's happening, but we don't need to listen to it 24 hours a day. Yeah. yeah. We don't need to talk about it 24 hours a day. Yeah. So we need to be informed and then move on. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm a great believer in, in my house of um, I will listen myself to one news bulletin on Christmas morning because I'm a journalist. Hey, that's what I do. But yeah. then then it's gone. It's music. It's movies. It's nice stuff for that one day. Yeah. And, and, and that's been ever since I was a kid myself, do you know? And I totally agree with you on that. It's just so important that we keep things in perspective. You know, the way our brains are set up, we have a negativity bias. So bad news infiltrates our world much more readily than good news. It's the same thing that if, if our children do something wrong, that seems to dominate our thoughts versus all the multitude of things that they're doing right and all their lovely strengths. So if we can just really actively counteract this negativity bias actively search for fun yeah. actively create good times, create connection and just keep it really 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 simple It's wonderful to see the, the television news bulletins in particular devoting that last few minutes or last minute or two to Santa will be here It's wonderful to see the reassurance that Santa will be here because we need to reassure our children that regardless of the year we've been through and what we're ahead of Santa will come. Yeah, and you know, some things have changed, but our essence is still the same. You know, we're a connection-seeking species. We look for joy and we look for happiness. And when we hear positive stories, you know, it actually moves all of us. It's it's absolutely incredible. So, and it's just the same as this lovely message of hope that's been given to children in the news. But if we can all take that for ourselves too you know you spoke about the child within all of us yeah. and like it, the more we um the more we cultivate fun you know simple fun for our children we actually feel better ourselves 
Yeah. So, you know, this this journey to increase the fun factor, it's such a great thing. And also, it really helps your immune system. So we've got the double whammy. Really? Worry yeah. reduces our immune system and stress, whereas this fun connection and joy and like just really, really connecting to ourselves, connecting to our families, reaching out to other people, all of those things are actually really, really good for our immune system. And finally, Catherine, you know, there are in some houses where there will be someone sick or someone that they can't see, or relationships mightn't be as good as they should or as good as they might. Um, how do we protect the little ones from that? I suppose you can protect people from being overly focused on that. So we can work to shift our focus saying, yes, we can't see granny or granddad, and that's really, really hard. What can we do instead? Or, you know, uh, dad isn't able to come home he's working over in London or mom is working all day today you know we can we can choose to focus on the really really hard part or we can acknowledge the hard part and then shift our children's focus onto something that you can do instead this always looking for how can we solve this problem how can we help ourselves feel better so it's the video call it, you know it's it's the drive by for somebody you can't see it's just doing small little things, writing notes, just a very, very simple ways yeah. to build connection. All right. Catherine, your, your, your calm and quiet presentation has been a highlight of our show when we talk about parenting and parenting issues during the year. And thank you so much for it. Peter, you'll make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> I made a few cry this so morning, much. I think. <laughs> Take care of yourself, Catherine. It's a lovely experience. Thank you. Cheers, and all the best to you and yours. Dermot says it's rather odd there's no mention today is the 24th anniversary of the murder of Sophie Toscan Duplanty in school in 1996. Please show her respect by mentioning her anniversary. Dermot, thank you for that. I was on the news desk that day and I remember it very well, very well indeed. And thank you for that. The programme edited by Terry Brennan, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. Before I go, what was the movie that I watched with my son last Sunday? Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, mother... Of course it was. Die Hard. Back for Christmas Eve, just after nine. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.